plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. This is John from Locked On Jets. This is Chris Semino from Locked On Patriots. And we're doing a little crossover show today to preview the Week 16 game between the Jets and the Patriots. Chris, how are you? I'm doing okay, John. How you doing? I'm doing better than the Jets are this season. I'll say that. Yeah, I I, I could definitely agree with you on that one. It's been a it's been a tough one for them. Just watching from from my end of it here and keep an eye. They're they're a division opponent, so I'm always watching them with two eyes. But four and ten, what's going on? Uh, you know, it's uh, I feel like these teams are at their traditional spots in the standings with the Patriots on top, uh, you know, gearing up, attempting, uh, you know, on the road to another, potentially another Super Bowl run and the Jets at the bottom of the standings. Um, you know, I think as we discuss the, as we, you know, as we go deeper into the game, you know, you, you ask me questions about the Jets. I think one theme you'll hear is that player or that position group is playing very poorly this is you know it's not the type of thing where you can just pinpoint one problem now obviously the quarterback position with the Jets has been a big issue Jets brought back Ryan Fitzpatrick on a one-year deal it has not worked out at all she briefly went to Geno Smith he got hurt in his first start so not really a lot you can say about him they've made the move to Bryce Petty after they were eliminated Petty actually started a game in place of an injured Fitzpatrick before the Jets were eliminated and he looks every bit the number three quarterback, raw second year player from a spread system that you would expect. Um, you know, on the other side of the ball, the defense has really been a major disappointment. I think heading into this season, you understood that there was a pretty good chance that Ryan Fitzpatrick was not going to put up the numbers he put up in 2015. You know, that's just kind of the way it goes when you have a guy who's kind of a mediocre journeyman through his whole career and then. He, out of the blue in his 30s, puts up a season that's nothing like the rest of his career. You understand that that guy may regress. The defense has been a big surprise. Um, defensive line is really underachieved. Uh, they have three first-round picks who have all played at star level, at a star level at some point during their careers, but Muhammad Wilkerson and Sheldon Richardson are really having bad seasons. Uh, Leonard Williams is having a good year in his second year out of USC, but the the defensive line is underachieved. The secondary has been just a disaster all season. They've started the season with uh, breakdown after breakdown all over the field. Darrell Rivas may be the may be the least effective corner in football this year, uh, and a lot was based on his ability to take a, you know be able to eliminate a receiver playing man coverage, and he's just yeah been a, it's been pretty much you, you want to go you want a completion on them you can get it so. Yeah, you know, it's kind of difficult to pinpoint one thing. I think the Jets have just been a mess on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I'm honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I I actually expected them to be ten and six or nine and seven with what they had coming back. You know, obviously when um, uh, Decker went down, I thought that was a big big blow to their offense. But I thought their defense was just going to be lights out, especially up front with that defensive line. So I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm very surprised at where the Jets have ended up this season. I, I think Todd Bowles is a good coach. Um, you know, he's 
they were good last year. They were very competitive, I thought, and it's just I'm I'm surprised. I thought they'd be much better, and I think the Rita situation is is kind of sad. It's a bit unprofessional on his part, I think. Um, I was always a fan of Rivas's game. Obviously, when he came to New England, it was it was it was fun to watch him. You know, he was he did a good job, but you know he he missed practices in New England too, and there were some things you could see that he was kind of maybe slowing down slightly. And now I see why New England didn't want to sign him to a big contract, and it definitely makes sense. Um, you get the feeling that the Jets are going to release him in the off season. You know, I don't think they really have a choice. He's just eating up so much cap space. And they'll they'll save a bunch by by letting him go. Heading into the season, I think I thought there was a pretty good chance that the Jets that the decision would be much tougher because I was expecting that if there was a decline, it would be more gradual, and you'd be at a point where, yeah, he did not deserve the he may not deserve the money he was making, but it would be difficult to replace. It. You know, it, it'd be one of those situations where. It would be you'd be overpaying him by bringing him back, but not egregiously so. So you'd kind of be in no man's land. But he's just been so his play has just fallen off so much that the Jets really can't justify. There's really no way you can justify bringing him back. Um, and I think one of the disappointing things from from a Jets perspective is he is just he's always been a guy who hasn't been afraid to compete. He's a, he's always been a willing tackler, and that's just gone away this year. He's not been willing to mix it up tackling. He hasn't yep. been willing to play press coverage. I think, you know, some of his coverage is, I don't know if lazy is the right word, but he's just not challenging receivers this year. It's, it almost looks like he's, I don't know whether he's lost confidence. I don't know what it is, but to the untrained eye, it just kind of looks like he's going through the motions. Now, you know, he's a competitor. I'm sure he's going out there playing hard. I'm sure he's doing his best, but it's just been kind of disheartening to see how much he's struggled to simply compete this season. Um, so, you know, the Jets, look, this was a guy who was aging and even that he was, I, he was tremendous in New England two years ago. And in my opinion, when I watched the Patriots, I don't think they win the Super Bowl two years ago without him. But even then you could see he was not the player he was back in his prime and during the Rex Ryan Jets days, but yeah. he was still, you know, top, a top flight corner. And even last year, he had some rough games. He had a rough one against DeAndre Hopkins. He had a rough one against Sammy Watkins week 17, but for you know, seventy-five to eighty percent of the year, he he was Darrell Rivas. So I think it's just kind of stunning how how far he's fallen off. Yeah, it actually kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Namdi Asamoah when he just kind of fell off the face of the earth when he went to Philadelphia after he signed that large contract. He's, at that point, he was one of the top corners in the game too. And no, I don't think he's anywhere near the level Rivas was. I think Rivas is just a Rivas is a Hall of Fame player in my mind, but. You know, you're right. It's just amazing how fast the drop off has happened. I, I just, he doesn't seem like he's in shape. Um, it's just from the outside looking in, it just doesn't seem like the shape he needs to be in to be the type of corner that he can be at this age. Because he's not getting any younger. But at the same time, he he should be good enough to be able to not get burned on a consistent basis. And like you said, too, he's playing off of everybody. It's just been strange to watch. Um, I know the Patriots. Got him a couple times. The first time they played Malcolm Mitchell, the rookie, got him. That was just surprising to watch. Um, so uh, this week should be interesting. So what do you think? Coming up here to Foxborough, you think that the Jets are going to come up here ready to go, or is it just going to be a fold up the tents and let's call this a season? Do you think they're going to be ready to compete? It's difficult to say at this point. The Jets have been kind of blown out two of the last three games. Uh, the really ugly Monday night game where they were never in it against the Colts, and then Last week against the Dolphins, they played a very spirited first half, but they 
really play the second half they played every bit as badly as they did in that game against the Colts. I could kind of see this going one of two ways where the Jets the Jets decide this is a disappointing season, but we're gonna have one big game against, you know, against our rival, you know, against the team that could be going to the Super Bowl. And I you know, play the way they did in that first meeting uh back, I think it was the weekend after Thanksgiving. I could see them giving a game, maybe, you know, the aforementioned Wilkerson and Richardson go out and play, you know, make up, try and at least salvage something of a lost season by uh, having a big game. Maybe, you know, the offense can string together enough and make this a competitive game, or I could just see them kind of coming out. Maybe the Patriots get on a roll early to get a couple touchdowns and it's a long day. I, I could see it going one of two ways. I think it's either going to be a really tight one score game that comes down to the last play, or it's going to be the type of game where the Patriots will be playing their backups through most of the fourth quarter. At this point, I don't really have a great read on this Jets team because they kind of alternate between looking like a really competitive team and looking like a team that is just on its way to the off season. Uh, even the game they won two weeks ago against San Francisco, they got off to a horrible start and it almost looked like this was going to be a long day. And suddenly they kind of caught fire in the fourth quarter and you could see, you could kind of see, it was kind of palpable the the you know, the the fire that 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 they were playing with when they kind of sensed the victory. So, I think with any you know any bad team, the early going may kind of tell the story. Where I'm not saying guys check out necessarily, but you see it you see it a lot in the NFL where teams out of it. Maybe if they play a good, you know, they get off to a good start. These guys feel like guys maybe gain confidence. They feel like okay, we could win. And if they don't get off to a good start, maybe things you know start to snowball from there. So yeah. uh, let, let me ask you about the Patriots. This is an interesting team uh, from the standpoint that you're hearing a lot about the way they've kind of turned. I don't, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'd say they've turned into a power run team, but the power run game seems to have become more of a staple of their of this of their offense this season. No, absolutely. It did before Gronkowski got hurt too, which is the interesting part, but. If you look at the way that they've set the team up, Martellus Bennett, I know a lot of people think they brought him in here because it's an Aaron Hernandez replacement and they want to run their two tight end sets and all that and throw the ball all over the place. But he's also one of the best run-blocking tight ends in football. So when you have Bennett and Gronkowski, it's like having two extra guards on the field, essentially. You know, they're they literally the two best blocking tight ends in football. So it made sense when they had them both in there, and Blount is a very underrated back. He seems to be in better shape this year. I don't know if I'm the only one who's noticed that, but he seems like he's a little bit quicker, came into camp ready to go. Um, and they really had the, you know, before they got Tion Lewis back um, over the last few weeks, you know, Blount was the only guy that they really had. James White, to be perfectly honest with you, as far as, it, you know, handing him the ball, he's he's not good. He's not a very good running back. He's a great receiver out of the backfield, but as far as running back, much so Blount's kind of taken the load, but yeah, it's been really big for the Patriots this season. You know, they rank seventh, seventh in the league, running for 117 yards a game. Uh, I was a little surprised to see he didn't make the Pro Bowl, but you know, one of those guys will end up trying to check out, so I'm sure he'll end up being there. Um, but yeah, he's got 15 touchdowns. The offensive line is that's the strength of this offensive line, there's no question about it. They like to get out and run block and. Uh, Shaq Mason is a little bit undersized, um, but when it comes to the run game, he is he's lethal. You know, Georgia Tech, when he was there, that's what they did. They ran the option nonstop, and that's all they did was get out and run block. So I think Scott Necky has done a good job with him. I think he's done a good job with Joe Tooney, a, a rookie uh, guard who's 
He had some trouble last week uh, against Denver, but let's be honest, who doesn't have trouble against Denver's defensive front? I mean, they're ridiculous. So um, he also had the highest grade for the Patriots' offensive line in the run game, too. Nate Solder has always been an excellent run blocker, and again, since Skarniecki has come back, he's been excellent. And, you know, Andrews, the center, he's a good run blocker, too. So they've just taken advantage of what they have, and they've done a great job with it. So, you know, getting into the cold months here, the Patriots back when they were winning the Super Bowl back in the early, you know, 2001, 03, 04, they had a power running game back then. You know, think of the Corey Dillon teams. And, you know, you think back to the games that they lost, the Super Bowl they lost against the Giants, that's a game that they might have, you know, wanted to go to the run, and they actually, that was part of the game plan, but they scrapped it. They didn't. And they've cost themselves in the playoffs by not being able to run the ball and being able to just strictly throw. And the Giants, look at the Jets. The Jets are a team in 2010 that knew that New England wasn't going to be able to run the ball, and they actually stopped them. So being able to run for them is huge. And I think it also helps, too, because the defense, I know they played well last week, and I know their points allowed is, is pretty strong, but they still give up a lot of yards. They're still very susceptible to, to big, deep passes. I worry about them against the Steelers or even against the Ravens if the Ravens are able to sneak into the playoffs. So, having that power running game, being able to work the ball down the field slowly and setting up play action for Brady, which is just, that's lethal. And then you keeping your defense rested. It's just been a recipe for success all year. So they just rode the train and, and the rookie linemen love it. So I think it's going to continue. I, I know the Jets have been pretty good at defending the run, but from, I remember writing up, um, my, because I write for scout.com too, I remember doing the write-up for, the last game, and the Jets were ranked, I believe it was in the top five in stopping the, in the run, and they've dropped the 14th. So it could be interesting this week to see what the Patriots try to do. I know that they're not going to want to get great killed, so I, I want to see if they're going to try to run it on the Jets, and, and I think they will try. Um, it should be interesting to watch. Yeah, you know, you. I was actually about to say, you, you, you beat me to the punch because I was one of the things that's always impressed me about the Patriots is just the way their offense has kind of morphed through the years, how, you know, they, they go from playing one style to another, but in my opinion, the best Super Bowl of the four that the pay- team that the Patriots had was that Oh four team when they had Corey Dillon, you know, they could kind of pound Corey Dillon. And I was, another thing that you mentioned that I was actually going to ask about is uh, the return of the offensive line coach, uh, Skarnecchia this year. He was a pretty legendary position coach and when they brought him back, I thought that that was maybe the biggest move any team made, one of the biggest moves any team made this offseason. But it doesn't, maybe in Boston it did, but nationally uh, bringing a position coach in doesn't get a ton of, uh, doesn't really get a ton of headlines. Can you speak to just the job he's done this season? It's unbelievable, the difference he's made. Uh, yeah, you're right. It wasn't really on the national landscape at all. But, uh, you know, position coach, when you're talking about, in, in my opinion, I think the offensive and defensive line, obviously, the guys where the game is won. But it really starts with the offensive line because if you can't score at all, you're never going to win. So New England's always concentrated on that. Skarniecki has obviously been part of the Patriots forever. I think he took his little one-year hiatus over in uh, Indianapolis and then came back. But, you know, since he's been back, I know 2014 he wasn't around, and they had uh, – honestly, his name escapes me right now. But Was it uh, they did Dave, okay. Dave Duke? The Guglielmo. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, it, former Jets uh, it, offensive line coach. I struggle with his name a little bit, um, but they liked him, and he, he ended up. They struggled at first, and they were able to recover. But 2015, it was just a it was just a nightmare. So you know, Skarniecki coming back has been absolutely huge. 
the thing with him too is they had so many young players. Like I was talking with so many young draft picks that young draft picks that they expected to play, they needed to have him back to get those guys ready to go. And he kind of helped Solder a little bit. Solder was struggling the last two seasons, and Solder's situation, you know, you look at it and you hear people say, "Well, he's not hitting them great." Well, in 2014, going into the season, he battled testicular cancer. And then last season, his son had cancer. So you can't – he's a human. He's going to be distracted a little bit, and I think that plays a part in in why he struggled the last two years. Um, But this year he's been great. He really has been. He's, in fact, I believe pro football football focus had him rated as the sixth uh, tackle going into this week. So that's pretty good, you know, considering – where he was the last two seasons. So, Sold has been great, and the biggest development has been Cannon, Marcus Cannon, the right tackle. That's He's a surprise. You know, when they first signed him to a you – know, renegotiated with back in, in 2014 with him, I was surprised then. <clears throat> now I'm not because they gave him a good-sized contract going forward. You know, Sebastian Volman is not getting any younger, so they have to move on. And Cannon's another one who he's flourishing under Scott Eckia. So, I can't say enough about the guy. He's been awesome. You know, he's getting all these guys up to speed, and even when they have somebody go down, it just seems like the next guy up, and he'll have them coached up and ready to go. And they haven't had that the last two seasons, and to see it, you know, back again is nice. And I think, you know, going into the playoffs again, like I said, this this running game has been dangerous. And when they have a running game and Brady's got time to play, you know, run play action and do whatever he wants to do, it's going to be really tough to stop them. It's kind of like the reason why. Uh, could you give uh give us a little overview of the Patriots' defense? You know, scheme, key players to watch. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, what they've done over the last, I'd say, four to five weeks, they only rush four guys. It's really interesting to watch, but every single time, it's four different players: be a safety, linebacker, corner, D line, and they they're dropping seven in coverage, or, or depending on what they're going to be doing but they're only rushing four, and it looks like they're blitzing because of the way that they're coming at it. So with the veterans that they have, Chris Long and some of the other guys that they've been able to, you know, pick up, the, Kyle Van Noy has been actually – I'm shocked at how good he's been, but he's been really good since they picked him up too. Some of these guys have just been serviceable enough since the trade of Jamie Collins to to really get this thing going, and they're smart enough to be able to play the type of defense the Patriots want to do, which is basically can try to confuse the quarterback – Again, like I said, not know who's coming, not, not know where the pressure's going to be coming from and make it look like it's a blitz at times. Uh, a couple weeks ago when they had four sacks, I believe it was, um, you heard all the analysis after the game on the Patriots. You know, blitzing all game and going crazy. I went back and I looked at, looked at the tape. They actually blitzed uh, six times throughout the course of the game. So, you know, they, they don't blitz as much as people think they do. Uh, as far as the top players, Dante Hightower is, I believe, the glue of the defense. He's a little dinged up this week. He's always battling something, but he is on the injured, injured report, but he's expected to play. Um, Malcolm Butler has been really good this year. I I wasn't sold on Butler uh, going into the season. Everybody was talking him up like he, he should be getting paid like a top corner, and I wasn't 100% sold, but over the course of this season, He's really, you know, he sold me. I, I think he's definitely one of the top corners in the league. Uh, so he's one of their top guys, too. And the guy that's been really good for them, too, against the run this year has been Patrick Chunk. I know everyone thinks Devin McCourty's the guy in the secondary, and he is because he's, he's the brains back there. But Chung's been really good this, this season. He was good last season, too. 
Um, so those are those, those guys that I look at as far as, you know, trying to shut down the Jets' run. You know, that's that's one they're going to have to try to do to win, I believe. Um, so they're going to have to keep an eye on them. Allen Branch has been really good on the D-line. Honestly, I don't think teams can run to Allen Branch's side. He's been that dominant at times. And uh, the second-year player, Malcolm Brown, has been good too. So they, they have pieces. Uh, Jabal Sheard is starting to play better. Uh, Trey Flowers, oh, my God, that that guy. He came out, I wouldn't say he came out of nowhere because when he was coming out of college, we all knew who he was. And he was a good pass rusher. But over the last five weeks, he's been one of the top defensive players in football. And he's one of the best interior pass rushers in the league. And he's making plays for the Patriots every single week. So they do have guys now compared to what they had, you know, six weeks ago. But I'm still concerned because they give up chunk plays on third down a lot. Um, you know, they limit teams that don't have good quarterbacks. So if the Jets struggle this week, if Petty's not having, he's not on his game, and say if it's Patrick Apples to come in, and if they're not on their game, I think the Patriots will, will definitely make some plays on them. But and the last time they faced Fitzpatrick, when he got in there, he he killed the Patriots. So it's hard to tell with their secondary. Their third cornerback is a problem. They don't know what they're going to do there. Uh, Eric uh, Rowe has been. He's been good. He's been bad. He's been very inconsistent, and he just can't have that. I'm sure you know of the carnival known as Cyrus Jones and his fumbles and the mess that he's been having this year, so he's been inactive. And the guy that I actually think is going to emerge is uh, Jonathan Jones, uh, the undrafted free agent that they picked up from Auburn. So the defense is, is improving. They're getting better as far as the amount of yards that they allow, but I still think that they're susceptible to deep passes. They're susceptible on third down, especially third and long. And um, they're just kind of a boring defense, but they confuse quarterbacks and, and they tend to make plays now. That's a funny thing, too. Uh, four weeks ago, they were ranked 29th in the league in uh, plus minus, and now they're ranked in the top five. So they've definitely been making some plays. But once again, I'm not sold, and I'm not going to be sold until they get into the playoffs and shut a team down there. Well, you know, if they're throwing uh, some unique looks, that could be trouble for the Jets. Bryce Petty threw an interception last week on his own blitz when uh, Cameron Wake dropped into coverage, and that's it's it's an issue with Pe- Petty came out of a system in Baylor where they didn't have a playbook. He really wasn't making many reads, and you can just tell he's a very raw project right now. He... Uh, from what I've I've watched him on film, and he's a guy who really, if his first read isn't there, he's in a lot of trouble. Um, and uh, against San Francisco, and a couple of weeks ago, he showed a real tendency to just, if if his first guy wasn't open, he would double clutch and just start to scramble, run around the backfield, kind of trying to play schoolyard football. Uh, so I think you know this Patriots defense. Uh, might not be the best matchup for him. I think from a Jets perspective, what they're going to want to do is they're going to want to try and get Bilal Powell involved. And Powell entered this season as the number two back behind Matt Forte. And it's when one of the one of the more puzzling uh, aspects of this Jets season has been why Powell hasn't gotten more carries than he has because he looks more explosive. He's looked more explosive than Forte has all year. And then a couple of weeks ago against the 49ers, um, Forte got hurt and Powell came in had a monster game so Powell got the lion's share of the touches last week from the running back position and had had a, had a pretty, pretty good game against Miami so I, I think the Jets are going to want to try and simplify things for Petty as much as they can and try and get Powell involved 
that makes sense. I, I think Powell's a good player. He's definitely had some success against the Patriots in the past too. Um, Forte, is he going to be active this week or not? I know last week it was a surprise that he was active, and I didn't have a chance to take a look at that. Is, is there a chance that he'll be playing too? You know, he was active last week, but he didn't get he didn't play a whole lot. Powell was kind of the lead guy, so even if Forte does play this week, I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of him. Uh, I, I my my guess is Powell is the guy you'll see you'll see primarily. And now, like I said, with Hightower being a little dinged up, if he is a no-go, which is a possibility because, you know, sitting at 12-2, and two, I don't think they would risk Hightower's uh, health for, you know, possibly losing the, the bye. I really don't think they would. He's that good for them. He's that important to their defense. If he wasn't in there, I do think the Patriots would have some trouble stopping the run. So Powell could definitely be a difference maker if the Jets are going to have a chance to end this game. I think he could be a big difference. Um, but, yeah, you're right. You know, Petty is going to struggle. I, I watched him a lot at Baylor, too. Um, he's going to struggle with these looks that he's going to get from the Patriots. It's going to be uh, interesting to see. I, I, I really wouldn't be surprised if he didn't finish the game. I, I think he's going to end up getting pulled. And that worries me because when guys come off the bench against the Patriots, they tend to do very well. I'm not sure if you've noticed that, but it's it's kind of a trend. But they still find a way to win the game, but it definitely becomes interesting when uh, – veteran quarterbacks are able to come in and figure out what they're doing. So uh, how about special teams? Uh, I could tell you the Jets special teams have you know, not, not been that great this season. Uh, Nick Folk, uh, Nick Folk had a rough week one against Cincinnati, um, you know, missed an extra point, had a field goal, short field goal block. Other than that, he's been pretty good though. But outside of that, the Jets special teams have been nothing to write home about. The rookie Edwards, Lachlan Edwards is, really struggled as the season's gone on. The Jets haven't really had a great return game. How, how about how do the Pats look on special teams? Well, the kicking game has improved. Kaskowski had the yips a little bit. Uh, he After he missed the extra point against Denver in the AFC Championship last year, which essentially kind of cost them the game there, he was pretty messed up. He was missing extra points, um, missing field goals, missing short ones. But over the last month, he's really started to get it going. Uh, people were saying that was because he's trying to kick it short and you know get good field position, things like that. That had absolutely nothing to do with it. It was just a confidence issue, and uh, he seems to be on point now. Uh, the punt return team for the Patriots is a complete non-entity. Uh, Cyrus Jones has four fumbles on the punt return team, and now they're putting Julian Edelman back there, which you know it scares Patriots fans, and it should because if something was to happen to him, this offense would be in deep trouble without him. Um, and Danny Amendola's out too, so they haven't been able to use him. So the Patriots' return game has been pretty, pretty pathetic. Uh, the kick return game has been bad. Punt return has been bad. They do have a very strong kickoff unit. Uh, they do a great job on kickoff cover. Kickoff coverage are actually one of the top three teams in the league, and their um, punt coverage has also been excellent all season with Slater and Ebner. And Slater got the nod to the to the Pro Bowl, but the truth is Ebner should have been the guy. He's just completely dominant on special teams. I uh, keep an eye on him this week. You'll be impressed with some of the things he can do. He's just so strong and he's so fast. Um, but they have good special teams coverage guys across the board. They just don't have any returners. Um, Cyrus Jones is supposed to be that guy. They drafted him in the second round, not just to be a nickel corner, but they really had in mind to get Julian Edelman off a of punt return, get Amendola off of it too, and go with this kid. And it just has not worked out at all. He's actually he was inactive last week, thank God, and I believe he'll be inactive again this week because the kid's confidence is completely shot. And 
they just they can't put him on the field at this point. Unless they're up by 35 points, you can't even put him back there anymore because he's going to fumble. Um, so their special teams has been pretty much, I, I call it even Steven. You know, they, they got good coverage, but no return ability whatsoever. And the kick game has improved a lot throughout the season. So um, they're, they don't give games away. And I do think because their coverage is so good, that's one of the reasons why their points per game is down. Um, that's had a lot to do with it because they do give up a ton of yardage. But if teams are only driving from the 15 to, say, the 40 or the 50, those yards are going to add up, but they're not going to get points out of it. And I think that's a big reason why the Patriots have been successful this season. Yeah, and uh, I think Jets can Jets fans can sympathize with uh, uh, return guys struggling. They had a guy at the start of the year, Jalen Marshall, who was an undrafted rookie out of Ohio State. There was a lot of buzz about him in training camp, and he actually was getting some work on the first-team offense and was the primary return guy at the start of the season but just could not stop fumbling. Um, even on offense, he had a big fumble against the Bills uh, week two. Which could, which was a big play in that game. The Gentiles eventually overcame it and won the came back to win the game. But uh, Marshall was a guy who just couldn't stop putting the ball on the ground. And they eventually had to uh, take him off the return team. Yeah, it's tough to watch when that happens. These guys lose their confidence, and then it's, that's just the end of it. So, so you have any predictions? You gonna give me a predicted score for this week? I'll, I'll give one if you'll give one. <laughs> uh, what did uh, was was it Clubber Lang in the Rocky movie who said prediction pain? I think that that's that's about sums it up from the Jets' perspective. <laughs> I, I definitely think that could be. Uh, I think that definitely could be right. Um, the thing about this week that I would be concerned about if I was a Jets fan um, is the fact that New England is coming in here angry off of what happened last season by really blowing their opportunity to get home field. They almost did it again this season, too, but they were able to recover, and, and now they're at the point where they can get it done. So they're coming into Foxborough against a team that's hungry and knows what's at stake here. You know, If you look at the AFC, the playoff race, any of these teams having to come through Foxborough, uh, I don't think they have a chance. Uh, I just don't. I, I know Pittsburgh's dangerous on offense, but I don't think they can come here and win. Um, I don't think that any of these teams, are, I don't think Oakland or any of them. So that's why this game is going to be so big for New England. So they're going to be driven. Uh, but again, like I said, you know, the division game, high tower might not play, so anything can happen. But I, I'm going to say, I'll throw a score up there. I'll say Patriots 26, uh, Jets 14. I don't think it's going to be a complete blowout or anything like that, but I do think it'll be a two-score game. If I have to pick, I think it's going to be a total blowout. I think I see this as like a you know a thirty-one uh, fourteen, thirty-one ten kind of game. I just based on what I've seen from the Jets over the last few weeks, I just have a tough time seeing this being a ball game. Like I said, I could see a scenario where maybe the Jets come out inspired and you know in a lost season they at least want want to show some pride and play well against a rival. So, I, I mean, I could I could see the Jets making this a game, but I think most likely this is going to be the type of game where it's it's kind of, you kind of feel like it's over by halftime. Yeah, there's definitely – I think there's definitely a good possibility of that, but uh, I'm trying to trying to be optimistic for you guys. It's, I'm sure it's been tough this season. And, you know, watching from, watching from not too far away here, I'm up in the New England area myself, it just seems like every time the Jets have a chance and they got talent, it just doesn't seem to work out. And now I, 
I'm hearing rumors that Todd Bowles might be on the on the block, on the chopping block. That's that's crazy. They shouldn't fire him. They should keep him. You gotta have some continuity within your franchise and hopefully they don't make that mistake of letting go of a guy who seems like he's a pretty pretty good head coach. That's just you know that's my opinion from from the outside looking in. I don't, I don't know how you feel about that, but hopefully hopefully Bowles is retained and this team can get some continuity going for them. I've had a lot of issues with uh, some of the things Bowles has done this year. I mentioned the way the backs were handled. And, you know, another one that comes to mind is Sheldon Richardson. They've kind of treated him as a movable chess piece. And I think Richardson is responsible for most of his troubles, but they haven't done him any favors because I don't think they've maximized his ability. I think there have been some issues with his game management, but I agree with you. I, I just can't make another. The Jets, at some point, you got the way I view it is, you hired this guy because you thought he had potential. He's never been a coach before. You knew there were going to be growing pains. You're seeing them this year. And I just think if you weren't, if you're going to fire a guy the first time he shows struggles, what, what was the point of hiring a guy who was a first time head coach? Because almost all of them eventually have a rough year where they do some things wrong. And part of it, you look at some of the great coaches in this league, they have not had great records for their first two seasons. Uh, Bill Belichick's an example. You know, he really struggled early in Cleveland. Um, it's one of the, it's, it's a funny thing how, how impatient, you know, sometimes people are very impatient, but if you look at the coaches who have won championships lately, they kind of got off to a rough start early in their career, and they eventually—it's a head coach is the type of job where you learn how to do it. So I'd like to see the Jets give chance, give Bowles a chance to kind of learn, grow into this job, and because I I think he has potential. I think last year he did a very good job, and I just I hate the idea of getting rid of a coach because of one bad season. Yeah, agreed. I definitely, I totally agree. And football is a sport where it takes time to build a program. So I just, I hope that they hold on to him. Uh, John, I think we're, uh, I think we're past our time here. I think we better, I think we better wrap it up, or we might lose some of our fans for going too long. All right, well, Chris, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, hope you yeah. uh, here to a good game on Saturday with no injuries. Yep, and same to you guys. I, like I said, I, I know that the Jets are the biggest rival of the Patriots and this and that, but I know their fans are long suffering, and I, and I hope you guys can maybe get it together next season and, and get back up and competing with the Patriots again because it's, it's more fun when the rivalry is that way. That's the way I see it. Absolutely. All right. Well, well thank you. Thanks, Merry everybody. Christmas to you and happy holidays. And uh, I appreciate you having me come on your show. Same, same to you, and thanks, everybody, for listening. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.